Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Well, I want to open today with a, a story that happened about 12 years ago. My youngest son, Kane, was a junior in high school. He's now a dad, married, a dad, and expecting another baby. But back when he was in high school, I'll never forget the day that we got home later than usual, and none of us were answering our phones, and we walked in and he was like, Shoo. I thought I missed the rapture. I thought I was left behind. And I was like, well, praise God you weren't. Get it together, boy. Uh, but Pastor Rich preached just an incredible, scripturally sound message last week on the signs of the end of times. And then he did get us started on the rapture. But I'll tell you, Cain's story was really funny to us back in the day. But here lately, my heart's been really heavy for the ones that are left behind. You know, um, what are they going to think? Will they be confused? Will they be anxious and scared? What will be the explanation for people being gone? And is there hope for anyone who doesn't make the rapture? Today, I want to spend some time answering some of those questions the best I know how. And as Pastor Rich has been telling you week after week, we are not theologians. We are not experts. We're presenting what God has taught us through the scripture, and here's the deal. It's our responsibility to teach you, our flock, the ones that God entrusted us. The title of today's message is Antichrist Revealed. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to you today. God, I ask as this week has been heavy preparing for this, I just ask that you would anoint my lips, that I would only speak what you give me. I pray for open ears and open hearts so that you can speak to people exactly what you want to say. Today, God, I'm asking that you just weigh heavy on people's hearts, that they come to know you, that you give them salvation today. In your name we pray, amen. So let me answer the first question. Will people be confused? Yes. I believe people are going to be confused because confusion is from the enemy. And he doesn't want people to know what to do because his number one goal is you to be so messed up, so busted and disgusted so that you spend eternity in hell with him. 
It's all he wants. It's his goal to take you out now. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. And he comes to destroy. And I know when the chaos and the confusion is happening, people are going to be anxious. And they're going to be scared. But knowledge is power. It's why we have to do our part in our circle to help people get ready. So to answer what will be the explanation for the rapture, the biggest excuse that the world is going to use is it's going to be a mass alien abduction. And I know you're laughing about it, but that's really, they're preparing us. Uh, clearly, the government and the world leaders even believe in the rapture, or they would not be coming up with this story when a bunch of people leave the earth. And they want us to believe that when the Christians are raptured, that We've been abducted by aliens. They've been releasing evidence of UFOs for years. Uh, as I was doing my research, I was just like, oh my gosh, these are people in high places, even like Navy people high up were showing videos of UFOs. Um, and as I was reading, I was just like, that's it. They're preparing us. They're conditioning us to believe that there isn't a Jesus and there wasn't a rapture. I just want to publicly say today that if I am taken from this earth and I haven't died, I am with Jesus and I have been raptured. No alien is taking me. But they will use the propaganda that, well, now all the troublemakers are gone. All those crazy Christians are gone, and now we're going to live in peace, this beautiful utopia. The rapture of the church will usher in the Antichrist. So we're going to look at Jesus' words to us in Matthew 24. And it says, for false messiahs and prophets, I'm starting a little into that verse. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive. If possible, even God's chosen ones. See, now these are still Jesus' words. They are read in your Bible. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So we need to stay on guard so we aren't deceived. So we need to stay on guard so we are not deceived. And listen to who the Bible says the Antichrist is. Second Thessalonians 2, 3. For that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The one who brings destruction, he will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will 
even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he is God himself. That's the reason that the, that, that the devil got thrown out of heaven to begin with, because he just wanted to be God. Matthew 24, 15. There's a lot of Bible today, guys. So I'm just going to say, if you haven't already started taking notes and writing these down, write them down. And if you miss some, you can go back and watch the YouTube later and catch it. But this scripture says, the day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. The sacrilege sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. And then in parentheses there, it says, reader, pay attention. Second Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10 says, this man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love. Anybody feeling that today? Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. Side note, remember Pastor Rich said last week that uh, the temple had been destroyed and they are currently rebuilding the temple as we speak. The Antichrist, he will rise in power he will be charismatic. And let me read you the definition of charismatic. Exercising a compelling charm which inspires devotion in others. He will appear to many as a peacemaker. The one who will save us from all the chaos and destruction that is going on. He will bring peace to the world and the Middle East. And he may even bring peace in what's going on right now. The temple is key because when the Jews are allowed to worship freely and not being harassed and not being mocked and not being, uh, and they're being unharmed, they will finally believe that their neighbors are just going to accept them and they will lay down their arms. They will lay down and this is going to set the stage for Armageddon. You see, Satan likes to imitate God. He wanted to be worshipped in heaven. He wants to be worshipped on the earth now. And we have God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be looking in Revelations 13. And I'm going to paraphrase the first six. Um, I'm going to describe it, rather, the first six verses, because sometimes people read Revelation. How many of you have ever read Revelation? And you're like, I don't get this. <laughs> you're talking about beasts with eyes and, and stars, and you're talking about dragons. And well, what does all that mean? I'm going to kind of break it down for you today. So the first six verses are explaining that he, the devil, will be presented as a dragon. And he has the beast, which is the Antichrist, and the false prophet. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty familiar to God, 
Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Now we have dragon, beast, antichrist, and a false prophet. In these verses, the devil allows the antichrist to rise to power. And it explains that this beast has a fatal wound to his head, but it does not kill him. Fatal equals death, right? But it didn't kill him. So it's going to make people think that the Antichrist is the Messiah because he comes back to life. And now we're going to go into your word and we're going to pick up with verse 7. And it says, And the beast, Antichrist, okay, was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. That's the one world government. That's one leader. That's control. And you know, uh, one world order, new world order is being coined as a conspiracy theory. That a bunch of anti-government... And religious crazies are promoting. But gang, we see right there in verse 7, it is not a conspiracy theory. It's the truth of God's word. Let me go back and read it to you again. And it says, he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. That's one world. That's one government. In April 2022, there was a world government summit held in Dubai. And the G20 summit just met in September of this year in India to discuss the hopes of a global order. They're already talking about one currency that will translate from nation to nation. And I know this is news facts, but I want to challenge us today to see ev how everything is being set up. Daniel 9.27 says, the ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of of one set of seven. But after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings, and as a climax to all his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration until the fate decreed for this defiler is finally poured out on him. The treaty was set up by the Antichrist for seven years. That is the time of the great tribulation. He will eliminate sacrifices in the temple and then he's gonna set himself up as a God. So we need to decide, will we know 
and believe the truth of God's word? Or are we going to allow what others and culture is saying to wear us down? To condition us to bow down to the Antichrist. Revelation 13.8 says, And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names were not, everybody say not, not written in the book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. So what that means is they hadn't accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. We'll go on in verse 9 and it says, anyone with ears, raise your hand in here if you have some ears. Okay, that's all of us. Great. Um, So anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Those are the people that were left behind and have now decided to follow Jesus. I'm building it up, y'all. And again, we've been saying this for weeks too. I mean, we've been in this sermon series for a minute. It's heavy. I know. But aren't you glad you know what's coming? Too many times people know what's, or or they hear what's prophetically said is going to happen, and then they get a little bit of fearful, so we just put our head in the sand, and we're like, ah, la, 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 I don't want to hear it, I don't want to know it. But again, knowledge is power. We need to know. We need to know. Verse 11 says, then I saw another beast come out up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. There's the deception. Looked like a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of the devil. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all of the required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on their right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom, 
is needed here. This is the word. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Now we're seeing the one monetary system where you can only buy and sell if you have the mark. Control. This will control our economy. It will control how we buy and we sell things. It will control our food supply. Desperate people do desperate things. So we got to get ready. Have you ever been around me when I'm hungry? <laughs> you have. <laughs> And I'm sure we all have a crazy story when we're hungry, what we will, do, what links we'll go to for some food, right? I see some smiles, so we're all on that. But can you think of one right now that you've done? Yes, but listen, we have been living under an antichrist spirit, spirit, since sin entered the world in the garden. For years and years and years, from way back till the world began, we've been living under an antichrist spirit, but there is still coming a day where one man will rise to the title of the antichrist. And hopefully and prayerfully, what I've been praying all week and even this morning, is that we will be able to see through the eyes of the Holy Spirit and hear what he is speaking to our spirit and through his guidance that the enemy is trying to wear us down and get us to blindly follow so that one day we submit to the Antichrist. Can I offer some revelation that God has shown me in the last few months? Take it. Leave it. You get to decide. I don't think it is a coincidence that many years ago, Apple, how many of you guys have the most holy phone, Apple? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but Apple do you all remember when you, there was a little button that you pushed and you used your thumbprint? I bet most of us used our right thumb. Of course, it was so that we could prevent people seeing our information. That's safe, right? Then it was face recognition. Safer still. Now, have you heard the, the story that you can scan your palm at some Whole Foods and take your Amazon returns back? It's not a coincidence, I don't think. They are, and you know, I'm not, hear me all the way through in this next statement. They're taking our guns. And my question is, is it to keep us safe or is it for control? I mean, they even call it gun control. 
They're taking our freedom of speech. Everybody just real quick, if you have the Facebook app on your phone, will you just pull it up real quick? It says, what is on your mind? And you better watch what you put on there that's on your mind because if it doesn't agree with whoever's monitoring all that, they will either put you in Facebook jail, they'll keep you at bay, or they'll just delete your whole account. That happened to me. Come on, Kinsey. I'm telling you, it's control. They took away our community during the pandemic by locking us in our houses so we stop the spread and keep us safe, but it didn't stop the spread. Control. It was a real pandemic. Let me, let me just press. It was real. It was real, but it was control. I'll tell you, um, it was the it was Palm Sunday during the pandemic, the 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 Monday before the Sunday of Palm Sunday, and we received a letter from the State Board of Health saying we see a bunch of cars in your parking lot. You are not to be having church. And I was like, whoa, hold up, wait a minute. We are honoring the people that are our leaders. We had shut down church. But what we weren't going to do is shut down getting the word of God out to our people and across the airwaves. And, you know, it was, I, I'll just be honest, I, I, we were fearful. We were like, oh, my gosh, if they know that either somebody turned us in, shame on them, or, or they're watching us. So that week, we altered everything, did everything off-site. I was preaching that week. I'm not great at preaching to a camera. Uh, I, 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 I'm an extrovert. I get my energy from people. And I had, it was just me, Pastor Rich, and the camera guy. And the Lord had given me such an incredible word, but because it was so awkward, I couldn't deliver it the way that he wanted me to deliver it. Control. They made us wear masks or we couldn't go, and, and I'm just stating facts, or we couldn't go in grocery stores, so we couldn't eat. We couldn't go to gas stations. We couldn't go to restaurants control. And even just recently, every single mobile phone across the world was going to go off at 2.20 p.m. on October 3rd at the same time as a test. I don't think that was a coincidence. I believe that Satan is just trying to wear us down and condition us so that when the Antichrist arrives and ushers in the great 
tribulation, we're so conditioned and we're so used to being controlled that we just accept it as the way it has to be or we'll die. The mark of the beast, church, is fatal. Anyone who takes the mark, it's over. You are doomed for eternity. Not you. I'm not prophesying that over you. No, they are doomed. Once you've taken the mark, they can't change their mind. You can't get, oh, that's what it was. Well, no, I'm going to, I want to go back and follow Jesus. It's too late. That's why we have to know. And today there are people being martyred and killed for their faith right now. But can I tell you that it's going to get way worse, even greater, more difficult during the Great Tribulation. It's going to be presented to people. You take the mark or you die. That simple. And it's easy. How many of you guys say, I ain't doing that. Be honest. Yeah, I ain't doing that. But, you you know, I, I, I love that we're making that decision. But I wonder what will happen when we, we're starving. Or when our kids are starving. And they're crying because they're hungry. So that's why we have to know now and make a decision for us and our family. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, and here's your encouragement. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Yes, give him praise right now. So if you're getting a little nervous, if you're getting a little like, what? I don't know. He will keep his promise. And remember that scripture that Pastor Rich shared last week? Those who endure till the end will be saved. Revelation 12, 11 says, And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Come on, let let some warriors arise in here today. Let's not be defeated because we love our lives more than what God's word is saying. So, to answer the last question, is there hope for anyone who doesn't make the rapture? Jesus tells us in Matthew 24. Let's go to verse 15. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. The sacrilegious sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. There's that warning again. Reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of the roof must not go down into their house to pack. 
A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for a pregnant woman and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish than at any other time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. It's going to be more difficult in the tribulation because God is going to be pouring out his wrath on everybody who didn't make a decision to make Jesus their Lord and Savior before the rapture. And I know it's a lot of scripture, but we've got more. Revelation 7, 4. You know why there's a lot of scripture? Because I didn't want to get up here and give you everything that I was feeling, thinking, or believing. I wanted to give you the word. Because the word says the word does not return void. So I'm reading a lot of scripture so that you know it's from him and not from me. Revelation 7, 4 says, and I heard how many were marked with the seal of God. 144,000 were sealed from all the tribes of Israel. People will have to listen to them or they're not gonna make it. People will have to listen to them. Verse nine says, and after I saw a vast crowd, too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hand and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the lamb. We're going to skip down to verse 14, and it says, And I said to him, Sir, you are the one who knows. And he said to me, These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. So there is good news. There is good news for people that... Don't go in the rapture. Many are still going to have the opportunity to get saved, but it will be much harder. That's why I believe we need to make the decision today. We can just give our lives to Jesus right now and begin to follow his ways and his teachings, and then we don't have to go through all of that. And as the worship team comes, I want to share about while the tribulation is happening, the ones that have accepted Jesus um, will be celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I'm going to read that to you in Revelation 19. Verse 7 says, let us be glad and rejoice. I don't know about you. But I'm going to be glad and I'm going to be rejoicing that I don't have to go through that. And let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared herself. She's been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. 
And an angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, there are no truer words from God. Then I fell down in his feet to worship him, but he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. I just want to encourage you today that we're in a great time whether you think so or not. I know it seems like hell's breaking loose all over us, but when you have Jesus standing next to you and the Holy Spirit living in you, everywhere you go and everything that you do becomes easier. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And it's so easy, it's so simple, not easy. All we have to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth and we're saved. But there is a next step. We can't just confess and believe, but we gotta start walking out what we've learned in scripture. how I want to encourage you today is you aren't perfect and you won't ever be perfect. The Bible says that we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. That means he's not looking at you to do everything right all the time. But what he is looking for that the minute, the second that you realize that you did something that hurt his heart, is you pause, you ask for forgiveness, and you repent. Repentance is simply, I'm going to change my mind so that that doesn't trip me up the next time. I'm going to change where I go so that doesn't trip me up again. I'm going to change who I hang with so that doesn't trip me up again. I'm making a new decision to act differently. God doesn't want behavior modification. He wants heart transformation. And we can have that when we get into that place when we realize, hey, that's not how God wants me to act or live. And so then he begins to change our heart that and once the heart is changed, the behavior changes. But too many times we try to change the behavior. Okay, so tomorrow, Lord, I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> We're laughing because we've all been there before. You can't do it on your own. You can't, you can't change you. Only he can change you. And he only changes you when you're allowing him to walk with you and talk with you and you do what you're feeling he's calling you to.
So as they dim the lights, I'm just going to ask you to stand. And for the comfort of those sitting on your right and your left and before and behind you, I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and surrendered your life to him and you're feeling like, you know what? It's simple. I want to do that. Would you just slip up your hand? And let, let's just take it a step further. <laughs> if the enemy wants our right hand, Jesus wants our right hand more. Slip up your right hand and say, I'm all in. I give you my life today, Jesus. Let me see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. And just everybody else, if you're believers, would you repeat also? Say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. But I'm choosing to give you my life today. I believe you were a real man. And you were real God. You lived on this earth. You were beaten, you were crucified, and you rose again so that I could have victory and live in heaven forever. I accept you today. I believe in my heart, and I've confessed with my mouth. Amen. You are saved. We're going to open up the altars for you to praise and worship during this next song. Or if you need prayer, we have people on the left and the right that they can come in agreement with anything that you're going through right now. Remember when we opened, is anybody dealing with anything? I'm telling you, the Bible tells us that where two or three are gathered in agreement, he's there. So I'm just going to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone and come have someone agree with you. Let's worship. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.